on this episode of A Tale of Two Rivals, a controversial running back that you all know. What's the deal? Kendrick Bourne, T. Higgins, what's the deal? Stay tuned. Welcome to a tale of two rivals, a fantasy football podcast put on by your three-peat number two in our league, gonna get a bye for playoff champion, and I don't even know if he's legit anymore in our listener league, numbers-loving nerd, likes to play around with spreadsheets. Yeah, we try to find some sort of consensus to share with you, the fantasy football listener. Who else is here? Yeah, that consensus is growing further and further apart with that kind of BS intro, mister. I'm fourth in our listener league. There is a little bit of a gap in point score, but I am fourth. A little? And I'm also fourth <laughs> in our long-time running league, Todd. And, and I think you're out of it now, my friend. Oh, no, no, no. If I, if I went out and some things happen, I might make in the playoffs, and you better be scared <laughs> if I do. But, Todd, besides, that, besides we start getting into this stuff, I just want to say Thanksgiving is in the rear view. Great times, I you know, great time with family and everything. But for us personally, you know, uh, it's the holiday season. It's busy for everybody. Work is starting to get a little crazy. Uh, I think we see a spike with kids around the holiday season because uh, it's a really stressful time for kids who uh, who have like tough personal lives. The holidays is a very difficult time for them. And also, you know, our own personal lives, you know, we've got family commitments, friends commitments, fantasy it's that's that's a nail biter it's, it's getting it's it's uh crunch time in our leagues there's a lot going on todd but we're here for tale of two rivals tonight and i'm excited todd i'm excited how about you man i'm upset i'm upset dave why are you upset sir i made the finals in the campus side of levi valentine's over at the fantasy players club uh startup this year and aaron wilcox took me down and to add insult to injury, he took me down in the pro week the same week as well to give you my second loss. Aaron Wilcox was indeed my daddy this week. So he's a good fantasy player. He's a very good fantasy player. And he had like three wins in the pro week when he beat me too. And I was like, I had 10 wins and I was like, oh, insult to injury. But he, uh, he had a significantly better uh, college team. And yeah, so I deserve to lose that one. <laughs> but I was talking a lot of smack like I would because it would have been really fun to win both in the first year. But I'll take a second place. You know, my, my empire standings are looking pretty good at the moment. So, yeah. But anyways, uh, Dave, you wanted to start off with something a little controversial, correct? Uh, but before I do that, I just wanted to is do a little aside here. For the record, I know sometimes it doesn't come across like this on the airwaves, but Todd is playing a heel right now, guys. In leagues, he's talking trash. He does enjoy it. Like, it's part of his personality to an extent. But sometimes he goes over the top for the fun of it. It's part of a role that he plays because it makes leagues fun. And it's fun to be in leagues with him. Yes, it gets annoying at times to hear, oh, you're not doing very well. I'm doing just fine. Thank you very much. I'll see him in the playoffs. We'll see what happens. But I think I just want to uh, behind the, the, the curtain a little bit, Todd. You're playing a role. Yeah, I'm actually a pretty swell guy. 
I'm, well, I'm let's, not, let's not go that far, but you're a pretty decent guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not a complete jerk, you know? Yeah. Um, I just am a complete <laughs> jerk in Fantasy Weeks. All right, you know what? Get, can I also point out one thing about Trash Talk in Fantasy Weeks is keep it the fantasy football, all right? 100%. Like, 100%. Like, so many times I've been tacked about, like, personal things, and I'm kind of like, all right, then I just kind of ghost the situation because I'm like, dude, like, what are you doing? Like, we're just talking some trash about a league. Like, come on. Come on. You know, yeah. and the some people, people can't that, handle the heat. And those are the people that I don't talk to as much anymore because I'm like, if you're not, you're just not in my circle if you can't handle a little trash talk. You know what I mean? So, anyways, controversy. I want to hear this. Let's go. I know, I know you want to keep going to it, but I want to too is talk about our dynamic. I don't know. Maybe the feels of Thanksgiving, Todd, and the holidays got me in a little yeah, feely you're mood like here. Really on top of this, like whole like like heel relationship piece yeah. right now. This well, is interesting because it's two a tale two rivals and. Have you been getting some feedback about me towards you? No, 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 no. I, well, okay. there is one listener, Rom, Rom from Lithuania. Sometimes I, he does, he doesn't like the shtick all the time. He's always, he's always rooting for me to like, be, you know, unseat the the ner- the the, uh, the trash talker. It's all going according to plan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I just want to say, like, t- like Todd and I, I give it back to Todd, and not the same way. Like, I'm, I, I'm more of a little bit underhanded. Tra- like we don't i give it back to todd right todd we have our own dynamic we can handle it the the time where i was like really excited to be at the top of my division in scott fishbowl and you screenshotted my winless team in our redraft league as your first response that was a dagger that that was <laughs> that was dirty i was like that's a low blow david but i respect it so, exactly so, uh, we all have yeah. our different weapons but anyway enough of the chatter but i think sometimes it's always fun to get behind the rivalry a little bit, Todd, because some people might not have been listening since the beginning. Yeah, you're, you're, you're one of my best friends. It's all in jest. <laughs> <laughs> like, end of story. So all we right. tried the whole, like, hardcore, like, let's duke it out over every point. Like, we would have talked about Ronda Moore or Jalen Waddle to infinity until we were, like, for two hours in the blue. And we yeah. just realized that's not the best listener form for us because, one, it pisses us off, too. So we just some, we Those let things go. Those early episodes were... We're just so raw. <laughs> yeah. So you can't you can't record with your best friend all the time, yeah. or one of your best friends all the time, and and have a heated debate every week in week out, and just expect it to be all right, all right. But no, yeah. So anyway, and, and, and also rivals don't need to be like at each other's throats all the time. Rivals can respect each other. You know, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, I actually, uh, yeah, I was actually like listening to a lot of stories on Kobe today. Just kind of like fell into that hole. And, like, everyone talked about how much Kobe annoyed them on the court, but how they just couldn't stop respecting the crap out of him. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah, that's how it goes. All right, man. Controversy. Let's get to it. This player is a little bit of a hot-button topic here because we all know injuries, Todd, really, it, it's one of the more frustrating parts of fantasy football. They can be random at times, but also other times we want to say, like, it starts to happen. Is this guy injury-prone? Yada, yada, yada. But this player has not rushed for more than 60 yards since December 2019, despite being a consensus RB5, RB like 5RB in Dynasty, last several years. He's are the RB10 or 11 on keep trade cut, on uh, depending on the day. He's also lost a poll. He had 20%, so 20% of the voters in this poll, Todd, on, this, I was going through my Twitter timeline of everyone who's talking about uh, the player's Saquon. Let's just get it out of the way. Saquon Barkley. 20% of the people who respond to this poll would rather have Saquon over Elijah Mitchell rest of the season. 80% of the people want Elijah Mitchell over Saquon rest of the season. 60% of voters would rather take 
straight up Javonta Williams over Saquon in Dynasty. And this is just strolling through my my timeline on a Sunday afternoon on Twitter, Todd. And look, I get it. it the injuries have been bad for Saquon. He's been injured, and some of them have been catastrophic, like big injuries. Some have been freak injuries. He plays for a trash offense behind a trash offensive line with trash coaching and for, for a while now. He's probably never going to see the 120 targets that he saw as his rookie season with Eli Manning ever again. And we talked about that preseason, Todd, but or in the offseason. We, we both, you and I, were on that page quite, quite heavily. I understand what's going on with Saquon, but the RB landscape might be the most convoluted and unique landscape that I have had in my six, seven years playing Dynasty at this rate. I, maybe I've played longer. I can't remember now, but it's the weirdest it has been, in, in my opinion, ranking RBs because it's just been such a, ch- there's almost feels like there's a changing of the guard that hasn't quite happened yet. 100% agree. 100% agree with that statement. Had to just jump in there. Awesome. So, but then, so Todd, and like, I get people want to hate on Saquon, but if you want to hate on Saquon, who is your king? Who do you want over Saquon is my point. And I, I'm not even saying it's hate on. Some of it's well, like, look, he hasn't been healthy. He had a major knee injury. He, and he, he plays for the Giants. All the stuff I said, I understand it. He's burned people in leagues the last several years. Burned them despite all the hype. And it's been severe. And when you lose that top pick, you might as well just write that whole season off for that league. All right. So let's get into the running backs that people often want to rank over Saquon. Alvin Kamara, Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook. Austin Eckler and Aaron Jones have all had injury concerns at some point to different varying degrees. So if you want to play the injury card, yeah, I know it's a lot different with Saquon, a lot more injuries, but they're not exactly bastions of health. Alvin Kamara never played a healthy season. Joe Mixon dealt with injuries. Dalvin Cook, shoulders, the same shoulders become a chronic issue. That needs to get probably surgery to fix that uh, long term. Austin Eckler dealt with a lot of soft tissue injuries. And Aaron Jones, as well, has dealt with a lot of soft tissue injuries. The next part of the puzzle for running backs for me in Dynasty, and not even in Dynasty, but in general, is age. Study after study shows that age is a significant factor, not volume, not the amount of touches, not wear and tear. Age is a very big part when it comes to the decline of running backs. Alvin Kamara, a year older. Zeke, year older. Dalvin Cook, year older. Austin Eckler, 27 years old, Aaron Jones, older, all of those things. While a year doesn't matter for me, not only is it just an age in their production for falling off, but you also have another year to recoup their value. So I have, I still have another year before I have to start worrying about Saquon starting to, people start saying he's too old and his value being depressed that way. And yeah, I have to worry about the injury concerns and all those things. But Saquon still has some name cachet where if he has a huge season, I don't actually have to worry about his age, and I can still trade him after this season, which is a big part of why I have Saquon, is that if I bank on the return and value, he's easier for me to turn and turn over and gain value on my my roster. And with age, not only is there, you can't trade these players for as much, there's also a concern of their future production due to their age. And, and I'm not, and it, I know I feel like I'm beating a dead horse, but that's, I'm, I'm sorry, but that study after study is that older running backs don't perform the same way that younger running backs do. And then another piece of the puzzle, not as much though, but for like the Antonio Gibson's Javante Williams that people want to put over Saquon at this point, Antonio Gibson just hasn't produced. He can't, dude can't even shake JD effing McKissick is the RB 21 in points per game this season next. And then Javante Williams, 
Javante Williams had a lot of great peripherals. Really like Javante Williams. I'm excited. I hate on him just because I don't like the the narrative around him and just how high he is. He's the RB4 on KeepTradeCut.com, which is a very popular website. Visit there today. Pretty cool stuff, but he's the RB4, which is just ridiculous. Guy hasn't had a top five game yet this season. Uh, just top four is a lot to swallow. And I understand why he's RB4 is because the other options aren't great either. But give me Saquon, most certainly. I cannot believe that it's Javante Williams over Saquon already at this point. And then Zeke, as far as production, Zeke's had a very solid season. RB7 overall, RB10 in, in points per game. 58% opportunity share is more like an RB2, high-end RB2 type workload. 15.2 weighted opportunities per game is a low-end RB1 type wor- workload. So the ceiling doesn't quite feel like it's there for 17.3 points per game for Zeke anymore as they're trying to make a conscious effort to not run him into the ground anymore. Give me Saquon and his upside over the the floor of Zeke. I The reason why I love my young running backs and I target these stud running backs, the, De- the DeAndre Swifts, Jonathan Taylors, CMC's those type of players back in the the CMC back in the day, those young ascending talents is I want to try to reach that upside of the Saquon, of the Swift, of the Jonathan Taylor. I'm not sure if I can get that anymore with Zeke, so that's why I'll 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 gamble on Saquon. And people might not like that process, but that's just what I want. I want the high end upside of my running backs because that's how I believe that that gives you the edge in fantasy is when you hit the higher end ceiling for running backs. And then another running, and then a couple other things too is Joe Mixon, maybe the best argument to have over uh, Saquon, but he's got a lot of warts on his NFL production profile, his injuries as well. Uh, but he's the same age as Saquon, so that's uh, essentially so that I kind of understand if you want to make the argument for Joe Mixon, who's basically been Jonathan Taylor light this season, not even light at this point. But Dave, you're overlooking Saquon's faults, his injuries, his team concerns, his lack of high volume of targets with Daniel Jones. Yes, I understand, but I think the most part, the reason why Zeke hasn't performed is injuries that have been non-chronic, non-repetitive injuries. They're not connected, and because of those injuries, it's been a volume concern. If he's healthy, he gets the volume. Saquon is Saquon. Enjoy that massive return on investment in 2022. Trade him in the offseason and gain the value that way. So that's why I have RB5 over those other players. I could not disagree with you more. I just don't understand how you can say when we've seen it when he gets the workload. We've seen it when he gets the workload. He has 92 carries over the last two years, Dave, combined. Like, when is the workload? Like, like you're talking about the smallest of smallest sample sides to hold on the potential from 2019 on an absolute crap team that's going to have a new quarterback and a new coach. And we don't know what those variables are going to hold. And you don't even know if he can stay healthy because he hasn't proved it for two years. I don't want to hear about freak injuries. That's a subjective way to say, like, what an injury is. Like, the guy, like, he's had significant injuries for two straight years. Do what I rather have Saquon on my team than Javante Williams, Antonio Gibson, and Aaron Jones. Yes. So I can trade him for more. That's it. He would not be on my team. He'd be on my team as a trade piece because he could get me more. So when I do my ranking, I'm not looking at it. There is some trade value into it, but I'm looking for what I believe in production, like putting a player into my lineup. He's my RB. He's my RB12 in my dynasty rankings. 
I have at 11, I have Aaron Jones. At 10, I have Joe Mixon. At 9, I have Javante Williams. 8, I have Austin Eckler. 7, I have Chubb. 6, I have Cook. 5, I have Kamara. With that said, it, it's, it's difficult to trust it because you haven't seen it. Now, let's talk about another guy that you could kind of make some of an argument that. CMC. But we've seen CMC play the last two years more, and we've seen him produce more. Saquon also hasn't exactly been, like, great. He hasn't been efficient when he's, like, been healthy at any of the times over the last—well, not healthy. When he's played over the last two years. One TD, dude, right? Averaging, like, under three yards to carry? You know? Like, I I just think that, uh, I don't see buying Saquon Barkley. Because it's still expensive. It's not a bargain to buy Saquon Barkley. And also, like— you're, this is the thing that baffles me about this, Dave, is that between age and you always talk about paying, not paying for past production. This is exactly what you're talking about, is paying for past production. So, like, to me, I just, I just don't get it. I don't, I don't get it. I would love to be able to trade him away and get Javante Williams plus if somebody would do that, you know? A couple of things. I don't think you can get Javante Williams plus for Saquon. I think people would rather have Javante Williams over Saquon now, which just seems just crazy to me to say. So I understand what you you think you should be able to and Saquon's name value. I'm not so sure. The, the hate is real for Saquon right now because of how long he's been injured for. And then I really can't argue with you the fact that he's been injured because he has been injured, Todd. He has not performed. Even at the end of his year two season, he had that high ankle sprain that really vultured the end of that season. But there is nothing about those injuries that tell me that he is an injury-prone player, that these are more likely to be injured in the future. Now, could there be an argument saying that his play style and the way that he makes cuts and moves does not translate to the NFL game, at least for a health standpoint? Possibly. I'm, I don't get into the nitty gritty that much. So what I'm going to say is that if Saquon is healthy, I believe that he can perform at an elite level. Maybe not the 120 target type level, but 80, 90 target type level with the majority of a rush share for an NFL offense. Then that paired with if he does hit I can then sell him for an increased value because I don't think he costs as much as you think he does. I think he's discounted now because of those injuries and get a return on investment because he won't be in a year from now. His value won't have tanked because of his age, unlike the other running backs that I have questioned for their age. I, I just don't so understand how you're just going to be so optimistic. I mean, your injury optimism in this one is like through the roof because it, it's literally saying, I'm going to hold on to the prayer that Saquon shows he can stay healthy, which he hasn't for two years, and then that volume is going to come back on a crap team that's in a complete transition. I, it doesn't make any sense to me. I would just say that sense. it can't get much worse than Daniel Jones and Aaron Judge. Uh, that's what I would try to say. Or at least, you know, uh, do, do you know how it could, well, the one redeeming quality that you have not even brought up about Saquon, which is baffling to me that you didn't think about this, or I don't know if it's just something you didn't factor in. His contract. He's a free agent after next year. He can leave. He's gone. He's not a giant after next year. Like, he's going to go somewhere. He'll go to a better team. There's no way he's staying there. Like, that guy has to leave to just to, for his soul. And that, if he can stay healthy and then free agency comes off, you just had a home run. My point about Saquon is there's no reason to buy Saquon because the price is still too high for the risk. That is my point. Saquon is still too expensive to take the risk on. And that's why he's my 12th also. is It's what you what it would cost to get him 
versus the risk you got to take, not into it. However, I could not keep him outside of my top 12. I could not because there is that potential. Fair enough. Fair enough. We're going to agree to disagree. Yeah. I think that we, I think that actually got both sides of it. I really liked how we painted that argument uh, for both sides. I'm glad that I made it accurate. Okay. <laughs> uh, what's your next one? All right. I'm going to go a little bit quicker here because we spent a little bit more time feeling the lovey dubbies and the Saquon stuff. Uh, Kendrick Bourne, Todd, I, you and I both kind of felt the little urge to talk about him this week because he's been a great ROI, very cheap to acquire. People didn't understand the contract in New England, three years, 15 million, I believe. There was a lot of just, eh, man, and he's been like, not a lot of big draft capital guy, flash at times in San Francisco. And it's just, he's, and, and, you know, he plays for our Pats. So he was, when we've seen him do well the last couple of weeks. But on the season, he's got a 14% target share, 4.4 targets per game, and he's a wide receiver 24 overall in PPR, but he's the wide receiver 37 in points per game. He's basically giving us a top two says three season and wide receiver season, Todd. But in reality, I guess the reason why we want to bring him up is what to do with Kendrick Bourne in Dynasty. I do not view him as a top 36 wide receiver in Dynasty. I think he is a great player to have on your t- on your team. Like he's like a Tim, ba- he's like a glue guy for a team that actually plays fantasy and not just ranks things and looks fancy on Twitter and in rankings and stuff. He's a glue guy, glue guy on a roster who's given your team a lot of value, allowed you to play for bye weeks, allowed you to withstand injuries, because as much as we'd like to, Todd, I know we like to build through wide receivers, so we have a lot of depth at our wide receiver position, but he's a glue guy. He's like a Tim Patrick guy, Todd. So always undervalued, but you you put him in a start, spot start, and he comes up big. The And the big thing that this year, and he's actually been fairly efficient throughout his career, but his efficiency is what's really jumping off the page here, because 4.4 targets and 14% target share are not quite that, that's not really that much to, that's not something I, w- I would be telling people to pound the table and go get. Uh, I'm not even necessarily saying that people should be going in Kendrick Bourne in general. So that's nothing to really get excited about as far as a volume concern here, but his, you know, wide receiver 24 overall, wide receiver 37 points per game, that's starting, like, that's startable in most leagues now Three that start three wide receivers in a flex. Now the reason for it, like I was mentioning, is his efficiency. He has been, he is top 12 in fancy points over expected. He's averaging four fancy points over expected per game, which is a uber efficient number. Uh, but also 127 re- receiving yards per TD. That's a ve- that's not a lot of receiving yards per touchdown. So he's been very lucky in the TD department. And that's why he's having such a good season. Overall, Todd, what should we be doing with Kendrick Bourne? I think we should be. I'd be filling him out for like a, like a team that is not doing very well, that's out of it and is looking for like trade down from a second to a third round pick. They want to upgrade a third round pick to a second. Do that kind of deal for a team out of it. Uh, I think he's a good depth piece. If you can't get one of these Adam Thielens, you can't get one of these older wide receivers, like a, even like DeAndre Hopkins at this point, I, I think people are starting to forget about, or an AJ Green to try to, to give you some wide receiver depth through, uh, through trades. I think Kendrick Bourne's a good target for spot starts. You play him in juicy matchups. And he's just a glue guy going forward because he's he's you know only 26. That's when a lot of wide receiver production starts to happen. If you look at their career production arcs, and he's attached to Mac Jones, who's been probably the best QB rookie QB, and is going to be improving. I mean, you would expect him to continue to get a little bit better. Uh, so I like the idea of him attached to to Mac Jones at this point. Uh, so yeah, that's the, that's Kendrick Bourne. How do you, how do you what are your thoughts on Kendrick Bourne? I freaking love him as a Patriots fan. You know, he's not the like the wide one, but he's such a good part of like a depth chart. 
He's pretty dynamic too. He's he's a good athlete. Um, he's a lot of fun to watch. And obviously, you know, the Patriot fan in me wants to talk about him. But the fact that he's a top 24 wide receiver right now, like, it needs to be discussed. And I'd be selling the crap out of him <laughs> because um, I would take an overpay for him. And an overpay would be a second, for sure. I wouldn't take a third, even an early third. Like, no, I'd rather hold on to him. And I actually, I, I think it's funny that you said it was a team that was struggling. I actually think targeting a contender where you have if you start three or four wide receivers and have like two or three flexes he's a fantastic piece for like a second rounder for a contender because you need to acquire yeah yeah I, yeah that's what i meant i meant like if you're a contender he's a yeah. good depth piece that's what i meant i didn't mean to like yeah it sounded like the way that you said it that like if somebody was not doing well to go get born maybe oh, i misunderstood i meant like hey if yeah. he's on a team that's not doing very well and they feel like they're selling at peak value. Try uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I misunderstood what you meant. But that's, yeah, I agree with that, Ben. So I don't think you can really bank on what his value is. I think that's the problem. And that's really typical of Patriots wide receivers. The, the Patriots wide receivers you can trust are the ones that get volume. And he does not get consistent volume. Uh, over this season, like last game, he had six targets against Tennessee. He's only had three other games with over six targets. That's that's not consistently getting work. Like Dave said, he's been pretty lucky in the TD department. But those are guys that, like, I don't mind trying to go out and acquire late because those are guys that can win you weekly matchups by the boom-bust factor. And I don't really think that it's going to, like, it's not like, like your late second-round pick for a guy that in week 16 goes off and wins you a championship. That's worth it, man. And, like, you got to look at his matchups the rest of the way. That's the other thing, too. Rest of the season, I think he's fine as, like, a potential wide receiver three. I would want to have some flexibility with matchups with another guy there. But he's having a great year. And he's he, he was actually pretty good for San Fran, too. And, like, just wasn't consistently getting work there, too. So, for me, I do not see him having a strong dynasty value unless he repeats this next year and gets more volume. I'm not acquiring him for dynasty sexiness or roster sexiness, Todd. I'm acquiring him to win fantasy matchups. That's why I'm getting dynasty born or Kendrick born. But that's also why you got to be able to check into like your matchups. Like the other thing too is like, so if you go get born, right. And you got to look at the matchups that Maybe it's buy related or like somebody's playing like a particularly tough defense and they're your wide three. Like, would you play him over that? Now, he's also a guy that for a late th second, you you do need to stack your your depth chart for injuries. Like if injuries happen late in the year, you don't want to resort to the waiver wire. That That's not a winning strategy. If you still have your trades open, you should be trying to look to acquire a guy like Kendrick Bourne to be able to fill in for any potential problems later on too. I, I do think it's important to consider where you would play Kendrick Bourne in your lineups. Like, it, like, is it like a push kind of a thing? Cause they, it really will determine whether he's really worth the investment. Does that make sense? All right. What's your last one, bud? Quickly T Higgins, a little check in here, Todd. I've been kind of quietly holding my tongue on him. He's been getting volume. He had a 24% target share heading into week 11. 
if my memory serves me correct. I'm actually just freeballing here. I was gonna. T- I had done research on Cordell Patterson and talking about Cordell Patterson's dynasty value and what people should be doing with Cordell Patterson. But I watched. I, I've been some things in my timeline and some content that I consumed really went after T Higgins and the process behind T Higgins and where it almost felt in, I almost felt like I was being talked about. Uh, yeah, I almost felt like I was being talked about and I very well could have been. And I wanted to respond to T Higgins. Uh, the comments were a lot were based on target share is overthinking it. People who sometimes, you know, just rely on target share and not that I just, and I do not just rely on target share. Don't get me wrong, but target share is a big part of their process that they're overthinking it, that, there, it's the smartest guy in the in the room syndrome, and just poo pooing that all that matters is production. And T Higgins is a bust and not very and and just because he's not producing, that T Higgins is not very good. And I'm sorry, what T Higgins did as a 21 year old wide receiver with that draft capital on that team, T Higgins is good. Now, has he returned value on? Has he had a good ROI on what I was telling people that I had him as a top eight wide receiver in Dynasty? No, he has not done that. that. Clearly, I have not cashed in my chips on that bet. But guess what? T. Higgins is going to be a top 24 wide receiver by the end of the season, Todd. Yeah, I bet high, but he's still going to be a 22. He's going to be a 23-year-old next year going to year three with another with a top 24 season under his belt or something close to it. And that type of miss doesn't kill you. It doesn't kill you like it does for having an older player or an older running back who then gets injured or who underperforms and their their value totally just catapults and creams off the earth like we've seen with, I'm not going to mention names, but I think we know some players who are a little older who have taken severe hits this season because of injuries. And I'm not even necessarily hating on those players because I'm not. I just think that it's a it's a reality and it's why that, yeah, it was a hot take to have Tegan's as high as I did, but when that bet doesn't pay off, it doesn't sink you and kill you. And what T. Higgins did last week and people were poo-pooing his target share and his percentage of that offense that has become very run heavy with Joe Mixon doing as well as he has, when things go right, when the touchdowns, it wasn't just target share. He was having he was having some unlucky touchdown luck. And he actually had some more unlucky touchdowns in, in week two, being tackled at the half yard line. But when that starts to correct itself, he gets the touchdown. He has a big game. He's a wide receiver two on the week. And for I, I have a lot of problems. I, I'm not a I'm not a film watcher. You only can do, I, I cannot watch film and spend as much time with numbers as I as I can. But I can't even be an amateur numbers nerd and both. So I pick one. But I'm not going to sit here and say that that film people are stupid. There's a lot of really good film people. And when you have a very solid analysis that's process-driven, is not just willy-nilly and just like, oh, well, he's producing. That means he must be good. I'm sorry. That doesn't get it done. I want to try to – I don't want to give you freaking ECR rankings and just t- try to beat fantasy freaking pros because trying to beat fantasy pros doesn't win you dynasty, doesn't make you a good fantasy player. So I'm going to say something, Todd. I get some things wrong, but there's a reason for it, and I, and I, ha- I like to think that I have a track record of at least being successful in fantasy, and I'm not going to give you some boiled-up, regurgitated analysis, and I want to use my independent thought and try to help people. I'm going to end T. Higgins on that. That I love the wide receiver two week. Do I still think he's a wide receiver eight in Dynasty? No, I do not. Do I think he's a top 15 wide receiver? Most certainly. How high? I haven't thought that far ahead because I'm too pissed off to think about how disrespectful people are to another process because I just don't think that's how you should be doing fantasy talk. Well, then, I would say that T. Higgins was a catalyst to a bigger issue here, wouldn't we, David? Wouldn't we say that that was a bigger issue? Yeah. Look at that, Todd. Look at that. 
I yeah, honestly, like I I just kind of ignore people that like have the need to kind of like bash on other people's processes or come in with the negativity. Like you're not bringing anything to the table, man. Like like congratulations, you're willing to point out other people's shortcomings. Like I'm sure that you've had misses too. Plenty of people have. Like I've had so many comments about from people like when I like like a college player, and they'll just say to me like, "Oh, that's ridiculous," and I'm just kind of like. All right, cool. Good for you. Like, move on. Yeah, I, the, the funniest thing about T. Higgins with you is, is that, like, you actually were all over him from the negative side when we when we did our early, early, early uh, rookie episode, and you had him low. And then he climbed up your list, rightfully so. But now, like, it's kind of like once he shot, once the production hit as a rookie, like, once you saw that, you totally changed your mind based off your process. And that's what I respected about it is the fact that what you needed him to do and what your process is, you became a believer. You, you like, you can be pretty bullheadish with your takes, but this is one <laughs> where you actually showed some growth and just being, well, not some growth, showed some, you kind of like ate a little humble pie off For that the record, show. Todd, I had him one spot lower than you before no, the season no, started. No, 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 no. The initial one, you had him like 13 and then I, we did yes, it again. And then yes. we did it again, and you moved up like seven spots after yes. crapping on him. Yes, very true. But I don't want to make okay. it seem like it was just the whole rookie season. I no. Yes, no, I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm trying to grow, Todd. There's growth I'm happening. Just saying, man, that's why the T. Higgins thing is hysterical to me because I was like trying to convince you about him just from I just really liked watching McClemson, and I just thought that he was going to be such a good match in the pros. All right, so I know Dave wasn't ready to rank him, but like I, I just felt the need to look back and. Do my tears out. So on November 2nd, this is what I had him ranked as. So preseason, I actually had him ranked as the 17th wide receiver. I'm 13 now. I He moved up. I think that what he's been able to show and the fact that Dave's right, he's going to finish in the top 24, and that offense is growing. With a young quarterback, he's got another guy on the other side of the field that's going to take some heat off him. They can absolutely support two top 12, top 12 wide receivers in that offense. Um, not saying that there are going to be two top 12 wide receivers on offense, I'm saying it can support it. So I am 13. I put him over Chris Godwin. Um, I put him over Mike Evans, Judy, Pittman, Keenan Allen, which, you know, that takes a lot for me. Amari Cooper. Now the guy that I probably, there's a couple of guys that I need to think about that. I think I'm probably going to pass T Higgins, but I'm going to hold off on that until my show. But yeah, no, I... I agree with you, man, is that like I, I really am really high on Higgins when it comes to him in the future. I'm just not that down, and he, he's totally worth somebody to go see what the cost is because it might be pretty darn low at this point. <laughs> His target share attached to Joe Burrow made him a screen buy. Same with Ayuk, and they've had rough, they've had rough seasons, Todd, but they're starting to rebound, and it, I like to see it. But anyway, I, I digress. All right, man. Tell them where they find you can find me over at Taylor2Rivals anytime you want. Find me at FF underscore Spaceman on the tweet machine. I'll probably start ramping up at DLF in the offseason if they still have me. And you can find me over at Rookie Fever, Todd. Uh, I had a lot of fun. Felt like I had a lot to get off my chest this, this episode. Where can I find you, Todd? You can find me at FF underscore Bantamman over on the Twitter machine. I am taking a hiatus from writing rankings and all that because of family. Just more important. You just got to invest your time in what and what your priorities are at times, but I will always be here with my heart full and the trash talk flowing on a tale of two rivals with Davy boy.
Never change, Dave. 